about growing weary. And I was like, okay, Lord, let's, let's kind of dive a little bit into that. And I feel like it's going to be a very fitting word for the body of Christ because we could be in seasons where we grow weary because we're not seeing the fruit we're cultivating. All right. Um, and then we're going to do an activation. Everybody's going to get involved. Everybody's going to hold the microphone. It's going to be fantastic. Um, Jesus, you're good. If you want to give it any time, there's a red bucket back there. Feel free to give. Jesus. All right. So check this out. Can we turn that down just a little bit? It's just a little tad, it's a little tad, a little tad, baby. There we go. All right. Jesus, you're glorious. Prayers, Monday, 11 a.m. They're heavy. They are heavy. Like, melty heavy. Monday's prayer are so melty. Galatians 6, 9. It says, and don't allow yourselves to be weary in planting good seeds, For the season of reaping the wonderful harvest you've planted is coming. All right, I'm going to read that one more time. And don't allow yourselves to be weary in planting good seeds. Everybody say planting. For the season of reaping the wonderful harvest you've planted is coming. So what we see in this passage of scripture here is, hey, let me give you a warning to not grow weary because there's a promise of you getting your harvest. One of the things we talked about last night that I really want to hit on is what you see a lot of times in church with pastors, with leaders, with people in the body of Christ is they tend to give up short of seeing the harvest of their breakthrough because they grow weary. They get tired. You know what I mean? Like, like sometimes contending for the same things over and over and over and over again and not seeing the breakthrough, that can get pretty tough. It gets to a point where it's like, God, do something. Like, what's going on? But it also shows the fruit in our life. Like, are we wanting to see it happen for us? Or are we wanting to see it take place for the contending of seeing more fruit in our life of trusting him? Just the other night, we were at Denny's and we were talking about taking on more than, than we can handle and more than we can bear. And we brought up 2 Corinthians chapter 1 where Paul writes and he says that, he actually says we did take on more than we could bear. He says we thought we were going to die. Like that's how much God put on us, that we didn't think that we were going to live. But in that moment, we stopped relying on ourselves and relied on God. And sometimes when you're cultivating, or I'm going to use this word farming, sometimes when you're farming, you don't see the fruit right away. Sometimes it's not immediate, but it's in that moment of the process that you have to trust you'll see your harvest. Because if you grow weary and you don't trust that the harvest is coming, you will abort and give up. And that's why you see a lot of people fall away from the faith. That's why you see a lot of leaders. We had a, we had a, a meeting with a leader the other day. He said one of the worst mistakes he ever made was closing the doors to his church in 2011. He prematurely shut his church down. Why? Because some of the things that he, was, that he had been praying about, he, didn't, he wasn't seeing it come to pass. So he shut the doors. And that, that's, that's nothing on him. That's no condemnation on him. This guy was weary, man. Like he was tired. The things that he had been crying out for, God, I'm not seeing it, so I'm just going to close the doors because it's just easier that way. And sometimes we can give up. And when we get weary, it gets even easier to give up when we don't see the harvest. Amen? When we don't see that, come on, we've all been there. We've all been in a place where we were praying for something and when we didn't see it come to pass, we said, oh, maybe it's not God's will. Anybody ever been there? Oh, maybe it's just not God's will. Well, maybe it is God's will. He's just wanting you to go a little deeper. The word weary, guys, in the Greek is a word, a kakio. 
It means to be utterly spiritless, to be wearied out or exhausted. Anybody ever felt that before in the spirit and the natural? Come on. Let's reword Galatians 6, 9 to fit ekakio. And don't allow yourselves to be utterly spiritless in planting good seeds. Don't allow yourselves to be utterly spiritless in planting good seeds. See, this can happen yet again in the church where we grow weary or we get spiritless. Like we begin to lose the things that we know and trust that God is saying over our lives. Because again, we're not seeing it come to pass. One thing that we continue to say is this, that, that, and I really want you guys to grab this because I'm asking God to just shake it all, just shake it all. And we say, okay, if if we're going to say, God, we don't really, we don't really care about numbers or people coming. We just want you, Jesus. We cannot be, we can't be surprised when we come to church and two people are here. We can't be like, well, what are we doing wrong? Why is no one showing up at destiny church? We could be like, oh man, three Sundays in a row and it was just me, Karen, and the kids here like, oh my goodness, we must be just, shut the doors. Like, that's the easiest thing. Why? Because we are now growing weary in something we're cultivating that we're not seeing the harvest in. And that's why there's this, this warning of, guys, don't be utterly spiritless. The Bible says that those that are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. The other day I was having a conversation with an individual and they were talking about Um, casting out demons. They said, hey, they said, anytime the enemy tries to uh, come against me, this is what I say to it. I say this to the spirit. Is that something I should say? And I said, well, let me ask you a question. Did you learn that from somebody or did the Holy Spirit tell you to do that? And they were like, they're like, I just saw someone doing it. I was like, okay, well, what does the spirit say? They're like, I don't know. And it was, it was a discipling moment because even in those moments where we're doing things we think is right, it could still be spiritless. Does that make sense? Like it could still be what we think is doing, we're doing it correctly, but it's utterly spiritless. And because of that, we're not doing anything necessary or needed to cultivate the soil that we're farming in. I did not know this. Most apple trees, anybody want to take a guess how long before an apple tree starts to produce fruit on average? Three years. years. Anybody else? 20 years. years. Seven years. On average, it's four years. Anybody Anybody want to guess? I don't know why I looked this up, but anybody want to know about when a carrot is ready for harvest? Two days, six months? Three months. About 80 days. It's almost three months. See, both are very vital in what is needed for your body, right? Apples carry nutrients you need. Carrots carry nutrients you need. But both, and if you think about it, it's like in both of these instances, one takes close to four years before it starts to produce. Could you imagine? Like, like, let's just be real for a second. Like, what if the Lord came to you and was like, hey, that thing you're praying for, it's not going to come for four years. Will you still cultivate it the same way if you thought it was coming tomorrow? Like, would you still farm the exact same way if God was like, hey, I hear your prayers. It'll be answered in eight years. And you're like, wait, what? Like, like. If he came to you and said that, would you still cultivate the same way? How do you say, hey, it'll be here in an hour? 
Because either way it goes, you're going to farm or you're going to cultivate either with excellence, with everything you have, or you're not. And that's the choice that it comes to make. Is like, if I know that one day I'm going to see that harvest, well then shouldn't I every single day prepare that that harvest will come to me tomorrow? Because why would a harvest come if your barns are not ready to carry? Right? The baby. It's a process. It's nine months. Got a beautiful little baby back there. A little baby with a little baby thing on his head. Cute little baby back there. Ball-headed baby with some hair on that baby. She carried that baby. Not for a week. Right? Not for a month. She carried that baby for the term that was necessary until that child's birth. But she did not go out and buy a crib the day it was born. Or diapers or wipes or things that were needed. It's the process. It's the cultivation. It's the farming. And you see, in our life, we can grow weary on things. Business decision, financial decisions, work, um, family, whatever it may be, ministry. Like there's a slew of things that we can grow weary or be spiritless, be utterly spiritless in our life. It doesn't have to be just church. Like as children of God, everything is our ministry. When you go grocery shopping, that's a ministry. When, when you go out to pick up some pizza at Little Caesars, that's a ministry. Your ministry is not just when you walk through that DC church, DC church door and you go to the place where you're supposed to be at, grab the mic or pick up the guitar or the drums. That's not when you step into your ministry. When you clock in at work, that's your ministry. When you walk through the, house, the, the doors of your home, that's your ministry. There's so many areas where you can grow weary if you're not farming correctly. One of the most important things as I was studying this thing out, one of the, the most, and, and we call, all could say, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, yeah, I knew that. The most important thing when it comes to farming and growing crops and growing something of worth is the soil. It's what you're planting your seed in is the most important thing. If we are going to be sowing seeds of faith into our life, what are we planting it in? Is it just wishful thinking? Or are we planting seeds in the knowledge of, I know he's good, I know there's a harvest coming, and I know all things work out for the good for those who, who love Jesus and are called according to his purpose. You know what I mean? Like, what's the soil that you're planting your seed in? What's the soil that you're, you're praying or you're, you're, you're declaring things over your life, your family's life, your job, whatever it may be, your city? What's the soil that you're putting it in? Because that's one of the most important things. And a lot of times if you have a filter of hurt, of abandonment, of rejection, of, oh, it never works out for me anyway, woe is me. If that's the mindset, then guess what kind of soil you're planting in? You're planting in a doubtful soil that will produce nothing. Like, let's just be real. You're killing your own crops before they even have a chance. That's why I truly, truly believe that a lot of times we can abort the call of God in our lives whenever we step out of the will of God and we start believing a lie. I think that's one of the things that truly aborts the call of God in our lives more than anything is when we believe the lies of the enemy of what he says about us in those moments where God is saying, this is what I'm calling you to. And you're like, I'm just not good enough for that. I'm not worthy enough for that. You don't want me to do that. I did too much bad stuff here. Can I share what you told me before church about what just happened to you, what you just got released from? This gentleman right here just got out of prison. How long ago? On the second. This guy just got out of prison on the second. Somebody told him about our church that came. Not only that, but we found out how small of a world it was that God had already been preparing you guys to be here about a year ago. 
That's a different story for a different time, but that's God. God was already working things up for them to be here today a year ago and just met him as they walked through that door. But we opened up about some stuff and I was like, man, how amazing. But he could have every excuse in the world. I'm going to pick on you for a second. hope that's okay. He could have every excuse in the world to not go after God's heart because of his past, what's come over him, what the police said about him, being locked up about this, what the judge said here. Oh, I didn't do it. He didn't do it. This person did it. He could have every excuse there is in the book. But he stands here as a free man knowing that he wanted to come to church tonight. In fact, he even said he had been trying to get here. And he's here tonight. Every excuse, everything he could say to plant a seed of doubt in his head that God doesn't want me to walk into that building. Why, why would Jesus have died on a cross for me? Look at all that I've did. He could probably come up here and share his testimonies for hours of what God has done in his life from the good, the bad, the ugly to where he is now. But yet he said, now, you know what? I know God's good and I know he's for me. So I'm going to walk into that church. I think it's a beautiful thing because he could have sowed his seeds of his life into a soil that says you'll never be good enough. You're not going to amount to anything. You keep messing up. But instead, he said, I know God has a plan for me. And I know God's going to use my life because there are things that are within you that God is going to use that other individuals need so that they can break free and never go down the road you went down. And you're going to do it in love. And that's why the Lord is saying that you're a good father. So you don't got to worry about stuff that's happened in the past about you as a father, man. You are a good father, and God's going to open those doors. Just stay faithful to what he's calling you into. Stay faithful in those moments. Don't grow weary. Don't grow weary. Say this last thing here. We'll pass out some note cards. We'll have some fun. Yeah. Yes, hold on to that. I'm going to close this up, wrap it up with a bow. Pastor Ashley's going to share a dream. That's how we're going to do this. So prepare. Who wants to hear Pastor Ashley preach like next week? Next Thursday. You got it. Next Thursday, Pastor Ashley will be ministering. All right. Mark it, write it down, invite your friends, tell them all. God's got a word, I promise. I'm excited. Let's go, girl. All right. Psalm 63. Check this out. (laughs) Um, There we go. We got nurses in this place. Soil, man. Soil. (laughs) Psalm 63. Oh God, you are my God, and I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you, and my entire body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. I've seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your power and glory, and your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. What he says in that moment, he says, my entire body longs for you in this parched and weary land. But the last thing that he says in that parched and weary land is he says this. He says, I've gazed upon your power and glory and your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. Let me just share this real quick. If you're in a place of weariness, maybe coming out of a season of weariness or giving you direction before you step into the enemy trying to tell you that you're weary. Keep your gaze and your focus on the power and glory of God. Keep your gaze and your focus on the unfailing love that he has for you. A love that never fails, regardless of what you've done, how you've done it, where you did it, it doesn't matter. 
He sees it all, but yet with a love that never fails, he loves you with that. In the driest and weariest places, wherever you may go, however you may get there, keep your gaze on Jesus. Keep your gaze on Jesus. That's going to be the constant in you farming and cultivating in your life to begin to see the harvest. Because, beloved, there is a promise in the Bible. That's not the words from Johnny or the words from any any popular pastor. That's a word out of the Bible that says in the season of reaping the wonderful harvest you've planted is coming. There's also a passage of scripture that says that the tears that you've sown in sorrow, you're going to reap a harvest of joy. God is all about harvests. And he's all about you receiving that harvest. He's all about harvests. He wants to teach you how to cultivate. He wants to teach you how to farm. He wants to teach you how to sow seed. He wants to teach you how to reap. But he's saying, don't grow weary in farming. So the last thing I'm going to say here, because I thought it was such good revelation. But if God came to you and told you he was going to answer your prayer in eight years, would you still cultivate the exact same way if he told you it would come tomorrow? We have to hold on to that. Right? We've got to hold on to that because there's things that each and every one of you, we could probably pass this around. What have you been praying for? And say, oh, I've been praying for this for a few years. I've been praying for this kid for a few years. I've been praying for my job for a few years. I'm praying for this for a few years. If you believe and trust for that answer, keep farming, keep cultivating, keep making sure your soil's good. What are you speaking over? Right? What are you saying over that area? What, what, some of the, what are your thoughts towards that thing? How are you cultivating and getting the soil prepared and ready for the harvest? Because the harvest is coming. Amen? Receive that. Yeah. Come on. You got you to gotta have, like, that's the thing about it. it, it and you're, that's right, Jacob. If, if the Bible says that, that his word doesn't return void, that it's going to complete what it was sent out to, then we know that if he says it's coming, that it is here. Right? Because it's inevitable. Like, it, like if it says it's coming... It is. So it's already there, but we've yet to see the manifestation of this thing. So continue to contend, to cultivate, to farm. Pastor Ashley, come share your dream. And then Pastor Karen, if you would, we're going to hand out those note cards and get into an activation. Go ahead. So I get nervous when I talk on the microphone. And I was kind of thinking in my head, could I get away with just sitting next to my husband and act like I'm talking to him? Because I get the mic in my hand, and then everything leaves my brain. Yeah. No, what? We never agreed to these things, Johnny. Uh, I need you to get the, your phone out and tell me the tooth dream. You remember the tooth dream? Losing teeth, the dream. I, okay. Get your little dictionary thingy out. And, oh, yeah, okay. yeah, there we go. Okay, so a couple of weeks passed, I had a dream. And in my dream, um, my teeth started falling out, which I've always heard that that meant like you feel like you're losing control. I've got four kids. I always feel like I'm losing control. So um, I was talking to John about it. And so he, uh, he has this Christian, um, yeah, that. And uh, I'm going to let him tell you what it means, and then I'll continue. Yeah, this just uses scripture references to show you what the dream uh, parts mean. So in this, they said, uh, eye teeth are falling out. It says losing the ability to recognize important elements in the person's life. 
So I have this dream and my teeth are falling out. And so I remember like being so upset in my dream because you know how like when little kids, they lose their teeth and then their other teeth are going to start coming in, but they like your grill's messed up. Like it doesn't look good. Like, and so in the dream, I kept like, I was like, my pretty smile. Like I can't even smile pretty anymore. Like I was just so caught up in the fact that like it wasn't pretty to look at. But uh, I knew that my adult teeth were coming in. So not only, like, it wasn't, hmm, I didn't really feel the pushing on it for a while. And so I had just put that dream in the back of my mind. And then today the Lord reminded me of it. He started talking to me about some things. And I almost got on Facebook and made a video. But again, I'm scared of public speaking, so I didn't. But sometimes we get so caught up in the messiness of life and the distractions that when, when something is removed or taken away or pushed out of our life, we, we just get like caught up in the fact that it's not there or it's not how we thought it would be or it's not what it's supposed to look like. And we don't see that God is actually bringing in a better version of it for us. And so I just thought that that went with yours, your sermon really well. So I wanted to share. Yeah, that's so good. If there's one word we've been using lately, I don't know why, but it's the word messy. You know, it's like, Lord, let's just get messy, you know, because sometimes in the messiness, we get to actually truly see some things that God is doing because awakening, revival, all that stuff, it's messy. It's not always clean. And so, uh, you know, go look at your kid's room. It's usually messy. You know what I mean? Childlike faith gets messy. That's good. Hashtag. Um, Pastor Karen is handing out some note cards. We are about to do a little activation. Hallelujah. Michael's got the pins. Thank you, Michael. Michael. Man, God is so good. God is so good. While you wait, the other day, Justin Clark shared this awesome testimony with a few of us. They were at the gym, and uh, there was a lady who was off on the side. Uh, she kind of looked a little out of it, disoriented, so Justin went over to her. And asked, you know, just if she, he could pray, come to find out, what was it, Justin, a severe toothache? She couldn't do much. Is that right, Justin? Is a severe toothache, couldn't do much. Justin lays hands. He's believing the Lord. And within the next few moments, she's up doing her job, and the toothache had dissipated. So good. So fantastically amazing. Um, toothaches are crazy. So anytime I hear a, a, a toothache uh, uh, healing testimony, you know Jesus was all over it. And so, uh, but I look at that again, because uh, we talk about it often, but you are called to change the culture that you're in. And in that moment, Justin was like, hey, this is an injustice that's happening on earth. So I want to call down heaven. And this young girl was healed and was able to do the things that she was supposed to do. So that's awesome. So I just want to say that's awesome. Let that um, stir you into a boldness for everywhere that you go to just be listening to what God's saying and doing so you can just partner with him. Amen. Amen. 